Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, verses 15 through 17. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You notice in verse 16, it says, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. That's the title of the message this morning, because the days are evil. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time once again to be gathered together. We do lift up the junior church downstairs that's going on. Thank you for the workers and uh, for the children. We're able to help to know you more and your word better. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be with us as we've gathered around your word this morning, that you would uh, lead and direct, that your Holy Spirit would take your precious word and drive it into each heart, Lord. You know what each person here needs. You know what the uh, burdens are upon the hearts. Lord, you know what we're facing or what we're feeling, and so we pray that you would apply the right remedy for each person, each situation. Lord, what we really need is we need you to speak to us, speak to our hearts. Lord, help us to leave here different than when we came. Help us to leave with some comfort, some confidence, some faith. Lord, some answers perhaps, some wisdom. Lord, we need you today. And Lord, we've come, we've set aside this time to come together on the Lord's day to worship you, Lord, to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we want him to be exalted today. We want him to have the preeminence amongst us, above us. And Lord, we just need you today, Lord. So speak to us, Lord. Empower me as I preach. Give me what I need to bring forth your word clearly and in a way that would honor you and glorify you. Lord, help us as we seek you this morning to have that holy reverence and humility before you. Lord, a heart that says, I want to hear from God today. Lord, help us to be hungry. Help us to be spiritually hungry, Lord. And I pray that you'd fill that need. Lord, do it this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Because the days are evil. When we think of evil, we often think of that which is wicked and devilish, which certainly wouldn't be wrong. Evil can also be ungodliness and sin. Evil is anything against godliness and righteousness or anything that opposes God, his character, or his word. Evil is the opposite of what's good and wholesome. And evil is harmful and hurtful to all. When we think of evil, it's not a word we think of as good. Although today things are backwards, aren't they? And that which is... As the Bible has told us in the Old Testament, that which is good is being seen as bad, and that which is bad is being seen as good. But to normal, rational people who want to know what the Lord says, no doubt we understand that evil is is not a good term. And it's something that opposes the goodness and the purity and the holiness of God. Verse number 16 of Ephesians 5, we read, says, Redeeming the time... Because the days are evil. 
The days are this moment in time. The days we're living out. Not specifically Monday or Saturday. We may say Monday's evil, right? You get up and go to work, but that's not evil. It's not talking about specifically the days, but it's talking about the moment in time in which we are living. And listen, while there's still some good in this world, and praise the Lord for that, there's a general corruption of wickedness and sin and idolatry. And, and we understand that. We can see that because of sin. Of course, we know that has happened and continues to happen. That which was considered good and right is often mocked today. And as I said, often considered evil. That which used to be sinful and wrong today is often being exalted and put to the forefront as something to embrace. As the Apostle Paul told the believers in Ephesus that the days are evil, I think we could echo the same thing today. Really, any, any generation could as you look upon what's happening in our world, as you look upon sin and wickedness, and we can start in ourselves and go out from there and see that certainly the days are evil. Sin is still a ravaging disease of the soul. It still affects everybody. It still separates people from God. It still causes people to stay away from God or to walk away from God. It still causes people to be in depression and discouragement and in dark places in their life. It still causes people to have to face some heavy consequences in their life. Sin is still a ravaging disease of the soul. It still eats away and affects a life. And in fact, the Bible says it leads to and brings death. So we understand, don't we, church, that sin is still around. Amen? We don't like it, but sin is still a disease of the soul. Also, the devil is still greatly seeking whom he may devour. He hasn't stopped. In these days that we're living in, the devil is still just as real as he was in the first century. Just as real as he was in the Garden of Eden. And he's still seeking whom he may devour. Whether that's an unbeliever to blind their minds so they won't see the light of the gospel. Or a Christian whom he'll hinder or tempt to get us away from the will of God. And to cause us to not have the grace and peace and joy that we need. Uh, he's still around today seeking whom he may devour. The world is still turning from the God who can save them. As it has been in Romans 1, we, if you went there, you'd read how the corruption of mankind and the way they're thinking and the way they're not honoring God and being unthankful and how it turned into much corruption and wickedness. And that's still today. There's a corruption that is growing deeper and deeper in society. Make no mistake about it. We are in evil days. And this passage is just as relevant today as it was when the Apostle Paul wrote it to the church at Ephesus. Because he tells them the days they were living are evil. And we know from the Bible as it gets closer and closer to Christ coming back, it's not going to really get any better. In fact, it'll get worse. Doesn't mean revival can't happen. Certainly it can. It doesn't mean... That God can't do a work, certainly he can. He does his best work often in 
dark, hopeless situations from our point of view. But it just means that the days are evil. There is corruption. There is hurt. There is disease. There is ungodliness and disregard for God. We're living in evil days. In 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, the Bible says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And we're living in evil days. Even those who perhaps have professed Christianity or seem to have desire to at least try to walk in a good moral way or apostatizing, getting away from and walking away from that which is good and holy and right. The days are evil. You say, I came to get encouraged. By the end, you'll be encouraged. If you walk out now, you're going to miss the encouragement. But this is what we call reality. This is what we call truth. Uh, We're living in evil days. So the question this morning is, and what Paul is addressing here to the church at Ephesus by God's inspiration, is that because the days are evil, there are some things we ought to be doing and some things we can do to not only help us, but to help others around us. Not only uh, help us to have the peace and joy we need, but also to help us fulfill the will of God in this life. Because if we're still here, there's still a purpose. If Jesus hasn't come back yet, there's still people that need Christ. Amen? You say, why hasn't he come back? Because he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So if he hasn't come back yet, it's not necessarily so we can fulfill our own desire and will and goals, but it's so that folks can get saved and turn to Jesus. And uh, you say, is a missions conference important? Yes, it's probably the most important meetings we have all year is when we talk about how we're going to approach reaching people for Jesus, whether that's locally or whether that's branching out, supporting and praying for others who are going other places. So it's important. Every service is, but especially when we focus on this important task. So what should we be doing is the question this morning, because the days are evil. What should we be doing because the days are evil? First of all, awake and arise. Awake and arise. Look at verse 14. Back up a verse from where we started. Verse 14. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Awake and arise. Listen, uh, I believe this is initially, no doubt, talking to those that need Christ. But I think we can also apply it to Christians, uh, saying, listen, if you've been slumbering or sleeping uh, on the job, on the will of God, if if you haven't been uh, alert and sensitive to what God wants in your life, if you haven't put God's priorities as your priorities, then it's time to awake and arise. Amen? Uh, we need to, and I listen, I need to, and we need that push every once in a while. We need that prodding from God in His Spirit or, or, or to hear uh, God say, awake and arise. Listen, it's time to stop sleeping on the job, stop sleeping on the will of God, and awake 
and arise to do what God wants you to do, to do what his word says we're supposed to do, and to not allow the things of this life to put us to sleep. Awake and arise. Realize your condition. I know it's not as simple as saying, well, I'm asleep. Maybe you're just asleep in certain areas that God wants to arouse you uh, to wake up and to get going again. Maybe it's something you slept on for a while and you haven't gotten up yet from it. It's time to awake and arise. Maybe it's something God's been prodding you about and prodding you about and convicting you about and convicting you about. And you keep on uh, 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 just keeping that, that call, that leading asleep. It's time to wake it up. As Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift of God which is in you. It's time to wake up if you're not doing something God says we ought to be doing. It's time to awake and arise and get busy. He said, well, reaching people, man, that's not that important. It's time to wake up to the fact that people are dying and going to hell. And uh, the condition we're facing today, people need hope. And it's time to say, I need to wake up and arise and do something about it. You can't do everything, but you can do something. Amen. If you're waiting until you can do everything, you'll never do anything. Do something. Whether it's reaching people, whether it's following the will of God, taking that first step, whether it's serving God with the gifts He's given you, just being available and willing for God to use you, it's time to arise and awake to the will of God and the leading of God and the word of God and the mission of God. You say, why should I? Because the days are evil. They're not getting any better. They're getting worse. There's not going to be more time, there's less time. So the more we procrastinate, the more we stay asleep, the more we choose to sit down, whether to rise up, the more evil will prevail and God's will will be put back and held off. Now God's will will be done. If he doesn't use us, he'll use others. But we want to be part of it. It's a blessing for us. Awake and arise. But perhaps... You're not a Christian. You may realize your condition, but the Bible says, excuse me, you may not realize your condition, but the Bible says without Jesus Christ in your life, you're walking in darkness. And part of the context here in the previous verses is about the light and darkness. And Christ is the only one that can give you light, spiritual light. Every person must wake up to their spiritual condition. And for those without Jesus, those that said, uh, I don't know where I'm going when I die. The Bible tells us we're all born in sin. For the wages of sin is death. And so we need to receive salvation in life before we face an eternity away from God in hell. And the only hope is to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Every poor person is born spiritually dead. Let me remind us of that as Christians as we're walking around. Every person we come across is either dead or alive, spiritually. So how do I know? You can't often see it on their face. You have to talk to them. You have to interact with them. You have to share with them the truth of Christ. The Bible says, "In you who uh, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. But we don't have to stay that way, of course. Faith in Christ is the answer. John 3.18 says... He that believeth on him, Jesus, is not condemned. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? And if you've believed on Jesus, you're not condemned. He saved you from that. But listen, he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son 
That means if you have not believed on Jesus alone for your salvation, you're already condemned, you see. But I'll make a decision sometime. Well, until then, until you make the right decision, you're condemned to hell and death. Indecision right now is a decision. The Bible says, He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Anyone we know who has not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God is condemned already. A condemned man or a condemned woman, dead in trespasses and sin, empty without hope until the light of the glorious gospel should shine under them. Until we bring that to them and God does the work, we're just the messengers. See, darkness is also used, often used as an illustration of evil and sin. Light is used for righteousness and purity. Because the, dark, the days are evil and dark, it is imperative to walk in the light, having hope through Jesus. And that's not only for those who need to trust and call upon Jesus to save them for their soul's salvation, but as Christians, we need to wake up to the light. We're talking about holiness this year. Hey, listen, it's time to walk in righteousness. Listen, we're not perfect. We stumble. We fall. I do. You do. We all do because we're sinners. We're human beings. But it's time that we take sin seriously and that we take holiness seriously and we determine for God's will, for our own peace and joy, and for the sake of testimony to others that we would determine because the days are evil, we're going to awake and arise to righteousness. You say, why? Because the days are evil. Not only do people need to come to the light of Jesus Christ, but Christians need to walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Because the days are evil, it's time to awake and arise. But notice, we're also told, because the days are evil, we need to walk circumspectly. Verse number 15 of Ephesians 5. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. None of us wants to be labeled or considered a fool, amen? I don't, but we can walk that way if we're not careful. And so he's telling these believers, listen, see then, because if you're saved and you're awake and alive unto Christ, you should be walking circumspectly. You're not going to walk the same way you used to walk. You don't have to walk in darkness, fumbling around trying to find your way. You have the light of Christ to guide you. You have the light of his word to guide you. You have the spirit of God within you to help you. And he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. In verse 15, to walk circumspectly means to walk carefully and diligently. To make sure you're going the right way and taking the right steps. If you would, and I've often used this illustration, just think of it as you're traveling through life like you're walking through a minefield. I don't know about you, but I'm not... Going to walk through a minefield like this. I'd be praying each step. The wrong step could land you in a world of hurt. So make absolute sure that your feet are planted in the right spot. Some people take steps and go directions. Some Christians, and they're not even looking where they're going. They're not even thinking about each step and how it could affect their life, their testimony, or God's glory. And we, that's not how a Christian's supposed to be walking. We're supposed to be walking circumspectly. Not flippantly. Not following someone else. 
this is Jesus, but walking circumspectly. The Lord will help us take the right steps. Listen to these verses. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Oh, listen, the Lord knows the map of the minefield called life. Where certain steps could land you in sin, hurt, destruction, ungodliness, worldliness. The Lord knows the, the field. And he can guide your steps if you let him order your steps. That, that requires surrender. That requires a, a yielding to him and a, a control that he has in your life. And as he does, he can make sure you're stepping in the right direction. Proverbs 4.26 says this. Ponder the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established. Ponder, that means to think, to meditate upon, to consider each step. I know some would say, well, I'm just going to kind of see where this takes me. And, and that, I guess in some areas, in areas of faith, when God leads you, that's okay. But if it's according to our own whims and wishes, that's going to get us in trouble. I understand we learn by mistakes, but let, let's... Let's make mistakes at least trying to go the right way. And God can help us and pick us up and direct us. In Psalm 119, 105, it tells us this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you're walking in total darkness, which is kind of like what it is on our own, trying to walk through life, because we can't see very far beyond just right now. It's like walking in darkness. We're hoping we make the best decisions. We're hoping to do this. But you know what? As we trust the Lord to order our steps and we allow the word of God to be a light and a lamp, man, it'll light each step to make sure God directs us and we're going in the way he would want. It doesn't mean those steps won't bring trials. And we understand that, that trials come and that's part of God's plan sometimes for our life. Trials, persecution, and God has his plan and purposes in those things. But we're safe if we're letting him light our steps and guide our steps. Psalm 119, 133 says, Order my steps in thy word. That's a good prayer to seek from the Lord as we talk to him each morning. Order my steps in thy word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. That's a great prayer. And a good morning prayer for you. If you want a guide as you're praying, that's a good one. Verse 133 of Psalm 119. You see, as we yield our path to the Lord, he can guide our step, our steps as we seek him in prayer and in the word. Of course, prayer, that's coupled with prayer as we seek God in his word. He can help us. When the days are evil, dark, difficult, we must walk circumspectly. Why? Because there's danger at each move. There's uh, getting off course from the will of God in each step. There's paths that may look good to our eyes, but God seeing down the road further knows that will lead to a place we don't want to go. We've got to let him guide our steps and direct our path lest we stumble or fall prey to the dangers of these days. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, a fool doesn't consider their steps, doesn't care, just hopes it works out. A fool uh, doesn't think beforehand, just does without any forethought. Because when you do that, you find yourself unprepared. 
you find yourself in a situation you could have avoided. But it says, don't walk that way, walk as wise. To minimize as much of the ungodliness and worldliness and sin, as much as, as you can from getting out of the will of God, to minimize that by letting God order your steps, by walking wisely and circumspectly, will be a great help in these days. Because the days are evil, we need to awake and arise. Because the days are evil, we need to walk circumspectly. Because the days are evil, we need to redeem the time. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeem means to buy back or recover from loss. How many of us would say we've had a, uh, days that are a loss? Right? You get to the end of the day and you think, what did I even do today? Did I accomplish anything? Or you come to the end of the day and you said every step seemed to be a mistake. Right? You get and you say, this is a loss. Right? And to redeem the time means you're going to recover that loss by how you live the next time. You're going to take the opportunities that God allows and gives you to recover that time from loss. Now, listen, we can't, we can't take back tomorrow. We can't redo the last 10 minutes but we can surely make the best opportunity of the next. That's what redeeming the time is about. It's about recovering the time we have lost by making better use of the time we have now. In other words, we determine to make our time count for God's glory and will. Colossians 4, 5 puts it this way, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. You see, we should redeem the time Knowing our days are limited. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. What a way to redeem the time. By knowing our days are limited. limited, Knowing that you know, as we're seeking God, God help me to number my days. Help me to, uh, uh, to apply my heart unto wisdom with the days I have left. With the days you've given me. And uh, we redeem the time, we recovered, maybe time we've wasted in the past by being wise with the time we have, whatever amount of time that is. We know our days are limited. We won't last forever, and we may be thinking, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be alive till I'm 80, or 85, 90, whatever, and something could happen tomorrow that could change that. Or even if we just lived out a normal lifespan, it goes by so quick. We should redeem the time knowing that our days are limited. We should redeem the time knowing that life can change quickly. James 4.14 Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I think this year has shown us that one little thing could change our life. Change our life, it could change the world. And just think about one thing in your life that could happen. What, what could happen tomorrow that could change your life? So many things. And, and we don't know what will happen. And so redeem the time knowing not only that your time is limited. You only live for so long. You only have so much time on this earth to make your mark for Christ. You only have so much time to use your resources and abilities and gifts for the glory of God. You only have a limited time. But also things could change so quickly where you don't have the same opportunities. You don't have the same resources, right? That, that, that 
whatever it is you have, uh, those gifts you have that you say, man, I'll use for God someday, you may not have those tomorrow. That money that you say, man, I'll, I'll give to support the Lord's work or to help support missionaries, uh, you may not have that next week. Uh, that, that house that you say, man, I, uh, I mean, I'll put a, a lot of effort into it, but I'll, I'll use it for the glory of God at some point, and you focus just on that in your life, you may not have that in two weeks from now. That bank account that you say, man, I'm so comfortable with this money in the bank, man, it's just great to have that comfort, and, and, and you're relying on your money rather than Christ, if that's the case. Uh, hey, next year, that may not even be there. That health, that, man, I, I'm so thankful for this health, that in a year, two years, five years, you may not have that health. What I'm saying is this, is things can change so quick, whether it's your health, your finances, your house, your cars, your family, your kids, your parents. Things can change so quickly. You say, well, what do I do about it? You don't worry about it, but you redeem the time that you do have now. And you make the best opportunity or make the best use of the opportunities you have and the resources you have and the material things you have and the money you have and the gifts you have and the abilities you have. You, you make the best opportunity of that and the relationships you have. Take the time you have now to use what you have for God's glory and purpose. We should redeem the time also knowing that Jesus is returning. That's another, another aspect we need to plug into the equation. Not only is our days limited or time can change quickly, life can change quickly, but also Jesus is returning. He said he would in John 14, 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So we know he's coming. We don't know when. That could be tomorrow. That could be next year. That could be 20 years from now or, or longer. We don't know that. But we do know he is coming back. And so the fact that that's one thing that could change, obviously, our situation forever should cause us to say, I need to redeem the time. I need to use the days I have now, whether evil or good, the days, to be able to use them for God, to be able to make the most out of it. We need to take the opportunities the Lord provides and make the best out of it for his glory. The days are evil. And we need to use the time to impact this world for Christ. One way we redeem the time is by doing what verse 17 says. Verse 17 says, Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Knowing and doing the will of the Lord is the best way to redeem the time. Knowing and doing the will of God is the best way to redeem the time. We know the will of God, first of all, generally from the word of God. You don't know the word of God, it'll be hard for you to know the will of God. The word of God gives us the will of God generally for every person. Starts with salvation and as many other things that we're told is the will of God and we need to follow God's word. That'll help us to fulfill the will of God. Also as we're praying and seeking God and allowing his spirit to use his word in our life, he can help make it more specific for us as far as what his will is for us. And as we examine God's leading as we talk to him and read his word, as we look at the gifts and abilities and resources he's given us, and uh, we allow him to lead, putting all that together, he helps us know exactly what we need to do in each situation as we follow his leading. And as we follow his principles and direction, we can do the will of God, step by step. 
It's not so much 20 years from now, this is the will of God, as much as this is the will of God right now. And if you're doing the will of God right now, then you're doing okay. Can I ask you this morning, are you in the will of God right this very moment? In other words, is your life consistent with what God says? And have you followed his leading in the various areas of your life? Would you be able to say, if someone genuinely asked you, are you in the will of God, would you be able to sincerely say, yes, I believe I am to the best of my ability, to the best of my knowledge and understanding? Are you in the will of God? That's the best way to redeem the time is to be in the will of God moment by moment. God directs you, you obey. God's word says this, you see it, he brings that to your heart, you do what he says. Obey God. Keep saying yes to God, you'll keep being in the will of God, and you'll be redeeming the time during these days. It's the best way to redeem the time. Redeem the time because the days are evil. Because the days are evil, there are some actions we ought to be taking. These can help not only us, but the world we're living in. Awake and arise. Walk circumspectly and redeem the time. Again, why? Because it's evident. We see it. The Bible says it. The days are evil.